Chapter Four of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Four: The Catastrophe of a Kiss. The log on which the young hunter had seated himself is some paces distant from the path. He has a slight knowledge of this Indian family and simply nods to them as they pass he does not speak lest a word should bring on a conversation for the avoidance of which he has a powerful motive the indian makes no halt but strides silently onward followed by his pannier-laden squaw the girl however pauses in her steps as if struck by some sudden thought the action quickly follows the thought and turning out of the path she approaches the spot where the hunter is seated what wants she with him can this be the she he has been expecting with such impatience surely not and yet the maiden is by no means ill-looking in her gleaming oblique eyes there is a certain sweetness of expression and a tinge of purple-red bursting through the bronze of her cheeks lends to her countenance a peculiar charm add to this luxuriant black hair with a bosom of bold outlines which the sparse savage costume but half conceals and you have a portrait of something more than pretty many a time and oft in the history of backwoods life has the heart of the proud pale face offered a sacrifice at such a shrine is this then the expected one no her actions answer that question and his too he does not even rise to receive her but keeps a seat upon the log regarding her approach with a glance of indifference not unmingled with a slight expression of displeasure her object is presently apparent a bullet pouch of white buckskin richly worked with porcupine quills is hanging over her arm on arriving before the hunter she holds it out as if about to present it to him one might fancy that such is her intention and that the pouch is designed as a gauge d'amour but the word dollar which accompanies the offer precludes the possibility of such a supposition it is not thus that an indian girl makes love she is simply soliciting the pale face to purchase in this design she is almost certain to be successful the pouch proclaims its value and promises to sell itself certainly it is a beautiful object with its quills of bright dye and richly embroidered shoulder-strap perhaps no object could be held up before the eyes of frank wingrove more likely to elicit his admiration he sees and admires he knows its value it is cheap at a dollar besides he was just thinking of treating himself to such a one his old catskin is worn and greasy he has grown fastidious of late for reasons that may be guessed this beautiful pouch would sit well over his new hunting shirt and trick him out to a tea in the eyes of marion his desire to become the possessor of the coveted article hinders him from continuing the reflection fortunately his old pouch contains the required coin and in another instant a silver dollar glances in the palm of the indian girl but the goods are not delivered over in the ordinary manner a thought seems to strike the fair huckster and she stands for a moment gazing upon the face of the handsome purchaser is it curiosity or is it perhaps some softer emotion that has suddenly germinated in her soul her hesitation lasts only for an instant with a smile that seems to solicit she approaches nearer to the hunter the pouch is held aloft with the strap extended between her hands her design is evident she purposes to adjust it upon his shoulders the young hunter does not repel the preferred service how could he it would not be frank wingrove to do so on the contrary he leans his body forward to aid in the action the attitude brings their faces almost close together 
their lips are within two inches of touching for a moment the girl appears to have forgotten her purpose or else she executes it in a manner sufficiently maladroit in passing the strap over the high coonskin cap her fingers become entangled in the brown curls beneath her eyes are not directed that way they are gazing with a basilic glance into the eyes of the hunter the attitude of wingrove is at first shrinking but a slight smile curling upon his lip betokens that there is not much pain in the situation a reflection however made at the moment chases away the smile it is this turn all earthquakes were marrying to see me now she'd never believe but that i'm in love with this young squaw she's been jealous of her already but the reflection passes and with it for an instant the remembrance of marion the sweetest smelling flower is that which is nearest so sings the honey-bee human blood cannot bear the proximity of those pretty lips and the kindness of the indian maiden must be recompensed by a kiss she makes no resistance she utters no cry their lips meet but the kiss is interrupted ere it can be achieved the bark of a dog followed by a half-suppressed scream in a female voice causes the interruption the hunter starts back looking aghast the indian exhibits only surprise both together glance across the glade marion holt is standing upon its opposite edge wingrove's cheek has turned red fear and shame are depicted upon his face in his confusion he pushes the indian aside more rudely than gently go he exclaims in an under voice god sake go you've ruined me the girl obeys the request and gesture both sufficiently rude after such sweet complaisance she obeys however and moves off from the spot not without reproach in her glance and reluctance in her steps before reaching the path she pauses turns in her track and glides swiftly back towards the hunter wingrove stands astonished half affrighted before he can recover himself or divine her intent the indian is once more by his side she snatches the pouch from his shoulders the place where her own hands had suspended it then flinging the silver coin at his feet and uttering in a loud angry tone the words false pale face she turns from the spot and glides rapidly away in another moment she has entered the forest path and is lost to sight the scene has been short of only a few seconds duration marian has not moved since the moment she uttered that wild half-suppressed scream she stands silent and transfixed as if its utterance had deprived her of speech and motion her fine form picturesquely draped with bodice and skirt the moccasin buckskins upon her feet the coiled coronet of shining hair surmounting her head the rifle in her hand resting on its butt as if it had been dashed mechanically down the huge gaunt dog by her side all these outlined upon the green background of the forest leaves impart to the maiden an appearance at once majestic and imposing standing thus immobile she suggests the idea of some rival huntress whom diana from jealousy has suddenly transformed into stone but her countenance betrays that she is no statue the colour of her cheeks alternately flushing red and pale and the indignant flash of that fiery eye tell you that you look upon a living woman one who breathes and burns under the influence of a terrible emotion wingrove is half frantic he scarce knows what to say or what to do in his confusion he advances toward the girl calling her by name but before he has half crossed the glade her words fall upon his ear causing him to hesitate and falter in his steps frank wingrove she cries come not near me your road lies the other way go follow your indian damsel you will find her at swampville no doubt selling her cheap kisses to triflers like yourself traitor 
we meet no more without waiting for a reply or even to note the effect of her words marion holt steps back into the forest and disappears the young hunter is too stupefied to follow with false pale-face ringing in one ear and traitor in the other he knows not in what direction to turn at length the log falls under his eye and striding mechanically towards it he sits down to reflect upon the levity of his conduct and the unpleasant consequences of an unhallowed kiss End of chapter 4